VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us on Crosstalk on a News Roundup Friday here today. You know, as I'm looking through these stories today, there was a verse of Scripture that came into my mind in coming into the studio here. And it's found in John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Uh, He said, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And friends, as we hear the news today, it is troubling news, but don't let your heart be troubled. There is more to come, and and there is a, a bright future ahead for those who know Jesus Christ as Savior. And yet we carry the, the uh, cares of this world upon us, uh, and we can roll those over unto the Lord Jesus Christ, can we not? But let not your heart be troubled. And he also said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as a world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so we have that reminder once again. So even, friends, as we share troubling news that is going on in our world today, let not your heart be troubled. But may it be uh, that which motivates your heart toward prayer and looking to the Savior and being the salt and light that God has called you to be. We're going to begin. Earlier this week, we interviewed Alex Newman live from the United Arab Emirates as he was attending COP28. And uh, just a a brief summary from a report he filed uh, earlier this week, he indicated governments from around the world agreed to a global transition from fossil fuels, greater limits on energy use, and a new fund to compensate governments of poorer nations for alleged damages caused by CO2 emissions from wealthier countries. The outcome follows two weeks of negotiations at the United Nations Climate Summit held in the oil-rich United Arab Emirates. The deal, adopted by consensus of the nearly 200 governments in attendance, is being framed by UN officials as a turning point for the world. Critics, however, are sounding the alarm, saying that the agreement and the broader process threaten both prosperity and liberty while doing little to nothing for the environment. Climate Depot editor Mark Morano, a former U.S. Senate aide who has long worked on climate policy, said Republican leaders in Congress must push back against the agenda. He's told the Epic Times this is Soviet-style central planning that simply must be stopped. He said all Republicans from the leaders on down need to get to work stopping this anti-human agenda. You see, population control is all part of this, friends, to reduce the population Hmm. Is it any wonder why we have seen the worldwide push, World Health Organization, even for the pushing of uh, the shot uh, around the world, all the sudden deaths that have been taken place as well? Is there a connection? I'll let you think about that. Uh, We also have a story from the Epic Times. The U.S. Supreme Court will take up a January 6th defendant's appeal of the Department of Justice's novel use of evidence tampering law to prosecute hundreds of defendants for obstruction of Congress. A miscellaneous order released by the High Court December 13th granted the petition of Joseph Wayne Fisher challenging the most widely charged felony in January 6 cases, which carries up to 20 years in prison. The Fisher case is one of three identical petitions for case review by the January 6 defendants who are charged with corruptly obstructing an official proceeding, namely a joint session of Congress convened for the counting and certification of Electoral College votes on January 6, 2021. The DOJ has charged nearly 330 defendants and former President Donald Trump also with obstruction uh, as of uh, December the 6th. From townhall.com, remember when President Biden uh, called on the Justice Department to prosecute those defying congressional subpoenas? President Joe Biden's past comments are coming back to haunt him after his defiant son, Hunter, skipped out on a deposition before Congress this past Wednesday. It was October of 2021, Biden called on the Department of Justice to prosecute people who defy congressional subpoenas while discussing the Select Committee's January 6th Capitol Hill investigation. Biden said, I hope that the committee goes after them and holds them accountable criminally. 
He uh, also added that anyone who does not respond to a legitimate committee in Congress should be held responsible. However, Wednesday, his defiant son, Hunter Biden, refused to appear for a deposition requested by Republicans. His attorney, Abby Lowell, called on him to testify publicly instead. According to the Congressional Research Service, criminal contempt of Congress is a misdemeanor offense for those who do not comply with congressional subpoenas. Well, Hunter Biden has uh, defied his scheduled closed-door deposition on Capitol Hill with the House Oversight Committee. Instead, he delivered a public statement on Wednesday outside of Capitol Hill claiming the investigation into his business dealings is a move to undermine his father's tenure as president. We won't have time in the entire news roundup to uh, ear his comments, but here's how he began. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purposes. I am first and foremost a son, a father, a brother, and a husband from a loving and supportive family. I'm proud to have earned degrees from Georgetown University and Yale Law School. I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different boards of directors. And I'm proud of my efforts to forge global business relationships. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has do- devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. Okay, well, he went on with further minutes of comments here. Um, so if if there is nothing there, why would he be afraid of uh, questioning, being questioned on these issues? Um, his father previously had, had said anybody who, you know, defied that congressional subpoena should be held accountable for it. I haven't heard those words yet regarding his own son. But Jim Jordan uh, spoke out on this issue as well regarding Hunter's no-show. We're disappointed they didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think you could come here and set the question? You do it in an open format now. You're going to get you're going to get filibusters. You're going to get speeches. You're going to get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de- uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. And then, as the chairman said, we'd love for him to come public. Finally, I would say this. Uh, Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with the power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for a uh, for his interview, for his deposition. And frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. And indeed, the House did move on toward that, uh, as reported that the uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. The House narrowly approved opening an impeachment probe into President Biden Wednesday, hours after Hunter defied a congressional demand to testify in Capitol Hill, making a sharp a sharp ex- uh, escalation in the battle between the White House and Republicans. The vote was 221 to 212. That was along party lines to formally 
authorized Republicans' impeachment probe, which party leaders initiated several months ago, hoping to add legal and political muscle to the investigation into whether the president had ties to his son's overseas business dealings. Well, from townhall.com, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre Peppered with questions about Joe Biden's son, Hunter, defiantly refusing to comply with the congressional subpoena Wednesday for this closed-door deposition with the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. She refused to give any uh, really relevant answers, only saying that they, referring to the president and first lady, are proud of him. They are proud of their son, Jean-Pierre said. Well, friends in Iowa and around the country have been watching what's going on with this Baphomet, this satanic exhibit at the uh, Iowa State Capitol, caused a stir among Republican state lawmakers debating the legal necessity of allowing such displays on state property, reports the Christian Post. An organization described itself as the Satanic Temple of Iowa, erected an altar depicting a silver ram's head on a mannequin adorned with a red cape and surrounded by candles and flowers, according to the local KKCI Des Moines. The statue also holds a red wreath with an inverted pentagram. Well, things kind of changed yesterday as... uh, The uh, OANN reported that a Christian veteran tore down a satanic shrine and beheaded the pagan Baphomet, part of a display that was set up in the Iowa Capitol building. The Sentinel outlet reported that Michael Cassidy destroyed and beheaded the Baphomet figure that had been erected within the structure with authorization from the Satanic Temple of Iowa. The display included a mirrored cape figure of Baphomet, pentagram in the middle, black and red holiday wreath around it. After destroying the display, Cassidy then reportedly threw the Baphomet's head into the garbage, uh, is been reported. And uh, also the altar was demolished on uh, yesterday, according to Cassidy, in an effort to awaken Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. The world may tell Christians to submissively accept the uh, legitimizing of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanctions of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment, Cassidy said. Anti-Christian values have steadily been mainstream more and more in recent decades, and Christians have largely acted like the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. When Cassidy turned himself into police nearby, the officers inside the premises verified that the Satanic Temple of Iowa was seeking to press charges, specifically a fourth-degree criminal mischief charge. Uh, He said, Mike, I saw this blasphemous statue and was outraged. My conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree. And so I acted, Cassidy said. By the way, Cassidy had run for Congress in Mississippi after uh, previously serving as a Navy pilot. And it's also being reported by Todd Starnes that um, a satanic club coming to a Tennessee elementary school. Yes, a Tennessee elementary school is about to host what's believed to be the Mid-South's first Satan club, Chimney Rock Elementary School, Cordova, hosting the club in its library starting January the 10th. It's uh, part of the after-school Satan club coming to Tennessee, read the announcement from the Satanic Temple. Let's have fun at after-school Satan Club. Letter was sent out to parents accordingly. Friends, we have forgotten God. And indeed, there is a spiritual battle that is being waged across this nation and around the world. We'll talk more about that spiritual battle after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what caused the Ice Age? Chris, as near as we can tell, the Ice Age came after the flood, kind of an after-effect of the flood caused by the flood itself. The primary cause of the Ice Age was that snow accumulated in vast quantities and did not melt, as it piled up and turned into ice and began to flow as glaciers. The real need for enhanced snowfall is more evaporation from the ocean waters, and this would have happened if the ocean waters were warmer. We see from Scripture that the fountains of the great deep brought up superheated waters from deep inside the earth. I suspect that the flood waters were significantly warmer than today. This evaporation provided the raw material for the Ice Age. 
Even though the Ice Age isn't mentioned by name in Scripture, it is intimated. Even the Ice Age goes back to Genesis. Thanks, Dr. John. For more information, visit us on the web at icr.org. I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in. Friends, let me echo the words I started the program with today. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Certainly we see the things that are happening in our society today, a society that has forgotten God, a God, a society that's worshiping the father of lies and succumbing to the wiles of the devil. We see that all evidence throughout our society today. But uh, isn't it the song that said, the darker the night, the brighter the light shines? Oh, friends, we need to let our light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we trust during this Christmas season that you're doing just that, being a a light for the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing the good news uh, in such a time as this. Well, some more examples of what's going on in our society today. We're taking a look here uh, also at uh, a news report coming out here that uh, it's been since, I believe this is from the uh, Washington Stand, been It's been Christmas since July on the Hallmark Channel, but viewers got their first taste of the network's woke holiday programming Saturday with the debut of Christmas on Cherry Lane. Management made it abundantly clear that the heart of TV will continue to push the LGBT envelope despite America's towering wave of pushback. Unlike other companies who've reckoned with the shifting consumer tides, Hallmark has no plans to change course and the refusal to read the room could cost them. Report inclusivity will be a core goal going forward. Uh, We really want people to be able to see themselves in our movies, and we know that people seeing themselves means that there's a wider range of people who really are excited when we tell their stories. Uh, Daly explained, those include more queer-forward movies like Christmas on Cherry Lane and the lesbian romance Friends and Family Christmas airing on December 17th. Allie Liebert, who identifies as lesbian and stars in Friends and Family Christmas, is one of the building uh, the budding producers Hallmark is counting on to build the company more LGBTQ representation. As I move forward as a producer and hopefully director, Liebert said, I'm focusing on really taking the opportunity to create queer content. Hallmark, leaning into LGBT content, vowing more inclusion in 2024, an article by Suzanne Baudy. Okay, from the Christian Post, the U.S. Supreme Court has declined, has declined to hear an appeal filed by a Christian therapist against Washington State's ban on so-called gay conversion therapy. That's according to the law. Uh, that, that, That does allow the law now to remain in effect. The decision received separate dissenting opinions from Justice Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. Thomas claimed that Washington had silenced one side of the debate through state law. There's other cases that are working up through the courts that could make it before the U.S. Supreme Court on that very matter. From the Christian Post, the conservative group One Million Moms has launched a petition against retail giant Target. Haven't we heard them once before? Oh, yes. Yeah, they had that clothing line during so-called Gay Pride Month, didn't they? Uh, and, yeah, other stores did too, but uh, in my opinion, Target's been the leader in all of this. Um, uh, and uh, so they uh, have a petition drive going against uh, Target over its decision to stock LGBT-themed Christmas merchandise, including gay Santas and Pride Nutcrackers, months after the retail giant faced backlash for selling products by a designer of satanic apparel. One Million Mom says that such products are offensive and inappropriate for Christmas, urging Target and its uh, petition drive there to cease selling these items and warning that progressive business decisions could alienate conservative customers. The products in question include a 10-inch Pride Santa from Kurt Adler's Fabergé collection and a Pride Nutcrackers figurine from Wondershop. The Santa figure, adorned in pride colors and holding a pride flag, and the Nutcracker featuring a light purple beard and rainbow elements are part of Target's Christmas decor lineup. Yes, I know, Walmart has some items, Kohl's has some items, uh, they've also, you know, had some of this uh, Christmas pride, but again, it's my opinion, it's Target that's been a leader and has just really gone over the top with their merchandise in that regard. Okay, Wisconsin listeners, be aware... 
Homosexual lawmakers in Wisconsin want to change the state's constitution to recognize so-called same-sex marriage. Oh, we have the story from the Center Square. The legislature's LGBTQ plus caucus on Wednesday introduced two plans, one to amend the state constitution, another to remove references to husbands and wives from various state laws that deal with marriage. A statement from Senator Mark Spreitzer of Beloit told reporters at the Capitol, quote, it's a long past time for our state constitution and state statutes to reflect that marriage is equality is the law of the land and has been now for nearly a decade. Also, Senator Tim Carpenter of Milwaukee said Wisconsin's constitution and state statutes need to be updated. He said, quote, it's time to remove the graffiti from our state constitution by removing Article 13, Section 13. And I think it would be a great step to try and let people know that everyone is invited and welcome here in the state of Wisconsin. Troubling story that came from the dissenter weird stuff, and they said it keeps getting weirder. May I say it keeps getting more sinful? Yesterday, uh, just the other day, they had reported that drag queens are holding a drag nativity event, depicting both Mary and the infant Jesus in drag. They also reported how a church decking its halls in kinky drag decor and decorating its tree with drag queen memorabilia. They also had reported that a homosexual couple, one of whom is particularly profane and gross in speaking about sexual experiences with animals, had purchased two twin baby boys through the surrogacy programs, known as the Supreme Court recently cited with a Washington law that bans Christian intervention in LGBTQ youth counseling, all, all just within a week. Yet the stories continue stacking up, and it's become abundantly clear that America and Western civilization as a whole now mirrors the ancient cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, they write, inviting the judgment and wrath of God. But they said, buckle up, Christians, it's going to be a bumpy ride ahead of us. Churches uh, seated uh, in the heart of our nation's capital, in the clip they have the most profane of all rebellion against God, this is a drag queen, dressed as an Anglican priest, stands in the pulpit offering a prayer that is torturous to listen to, as if obscene to look at. Just the very thought of a man dressed as a woman, mocking attire, pretending to be a shepherd of God's people, should bring immediate destruction of raining down burning sulfur, they report. Yes, indeed, a drag queen standing in the pulpit at the Washington National Cathedral to pray, praying to God to that we would know our bodies. Friends in Texas, this coming from the Daily Caller, a major Texas police department is reportedly considering a proposal that would alter the way police interact with individuals who identify as LGBTQ. Como News reported Tuesday, that's K-O-M-O, the proposal would require officers in El Paso Police Department to ask for and use an individual's preferred name, gender identity, and pronouns during all interactions, according to the outlet. The El Paso City Council met on Tuesday to to consider a proposal and decided to postpone it until January. El Paso has been heavily affected by the southern border crisis and declared a state of emergency following the lifting of Title 42. But officers would be required to be present when interacting, two officers would be required to be interacting with gender-diverse individuals, and the person would be allowed to express a preference of officer gender for searches. Amazing information coming out, but, uh, you know, pulling over for arrest, and by the way, what is your preferred pronouns? My. Okay, let's move on to another topic here. This coming from foxnews.com. President Biden said Tuesday during a campaign fundraiser in Washington that Israel could lose international support for its military campaign against the terrorist group Hamas if it carries out indiscriminate bombing in the Gaza Strip. Isn't that amazing, folks? Indiscriminate bombing? Israel has not been indiscriminate. They've gone to great lengths to warn civilians of their incoming incursion into the area to root out Hamas, who wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. We also have from the Wall Street Journal, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu Tuesday said he would block the Biden administration's post-war plan to have the Palestinian Authority take over Gaza, the sharpest sign of Israeli pushback against the U.S. blueprint for administering the enclave after Israel's invasion ends. 
After the great uh, sacrifice of our civilians and our soldiers, I will not allow the entry into Gaza of those who educate for terrorism, support terrorism, and finance terrorism, Netanyahu said. And he's referring to the PA, the Palestinian Authority. He said, I will not allow Israel to repeat the mistake of Oslo, referring to the 1993 agreement that established the Palestinian Authority and which Netanyahu has uh, long criticized. But his comments underscored the sharpening split between Netanyahu and the White House over post-war plans, and it raised questions about the viability of the U.S. plan to have the Palestinian Authority take over in Gaza from Hamas, the U.S.-designated terror group that has ruled the enclave and that Israel has vowed to destroy. Netanyahu acknowledged disagreement between Israel and the U.S. over the role of the Palestinian Authority, saying he hoped that the U.S. and Israel could reach consensus on governing Gaza, just as they are in agreement on Israel's goal of ousting Hamas. Also from Palestinian Watch, uh, PA Chairman Abbas, advisor Mahmoud al-Habash, is repeatedly accusing Israel of launching a pre-planned war. (laughs) Unbelievable, folks. They are accusing Israel of launching a pre-planned war and satanic plans against all the Palestinians and merely exploiting Hamas's massacre on October 7th as the excuse. He said this is a pre-planned war by Israel that just exploited what happened on October 7th to carry out plans that were pre that were planned beforehand and were meant to uproot the Palestinian people and finally eliminate the Palestinian cause. No, it's all Israel's fault. They, they, this was just a pre-planned event that they had. Some are accusing Israel of launching the attack on themselves. We also have, from WND.com, a Turkish lawmaker. You may have heard the story, really making its way around the world this week. A Turkish lawmaker who is threatening Israel with the wrath of Allah during a speech in the nation's General Assembly Hall suddenly collapsed to the floor with a heart attack, according to reports. A report from the Yeshiva World said the speaker was Hassan Bitmitz. He said on the assembly floor, we can perhaps hide from our conscience, but not from history. Then he warned, Israel will suffer the wrath of Allah. And within a few seconds, he collapsed to the floor. Reports from Turkey explained that he underwent CPR and was rushed to the hospital where he was reported at that time to be in critical condition. Here he is warning Israel, you will suffer the wrath of Allah. And within seconds, and it's, it's, it's sobering to see this, as he turns, you see him collapse to the floor. Incidentally, the WND.com reporting that a donor to the University of Pennsylvania withdrawing a donation of roughly $100 million in response to its president's congressional testimony Tuesday, according to Axios. Several elite university presidents spoke before Congress Tuesday, including UPenn President Liz McGill, Harvard University President Claudine Gay, and Massachusetts Institute of Technology President Sally Kornbluth. And they refused to answer whether calling for genocide against Jews on campus was a violation of their codes of conduct. Ross Stevens, founder and CEO of Stone Ridge Asset Management, decided to pull his donation Thursday, alleging that the school violated the terms of the donation by violating anti-discrimination and anti-harassment policies. That, of course, uh, reported by Axios. University losing $100 million donation over their president's remarks during this congressional hearing. Friends, I've got a few more stories I'd like to share after the break. You're listening to a News Roundup Friday here on Crosstalk. Back in one minute. wonder about the 70 weeks prophecy found in the book of Daniel. While Daniel is praying for Israel, he receives a vision of Israel's future comprised of 70 weeks. But what do these weeks mean? In the book, Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, pastor and Bible prophecy speaker Dr. Richard Schmitz carefully examines this vision, outlining the dispensational distinctives between the Old Testament, the New Testament, between Israel and the church, 
and between the law and the gospel of grace. He further examines the scriptures and details this pause between the 69th and 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. It is there where God placed this church age into his program. Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, is available for a donation of $17 to VCY America. Call 1-800-729-9829. It's a news roundup day here on Crosstalk, and we thank you for tuning in on the VCY American Network. If you do miss a program, friends, we do archive them on our site, crosstalkamerica.com. And if you have the VCY app and uh, you can select your stream and you also have on demand, uh, you can uh, find Crosstalk there as well. Uh, just look for the VCY America app. And uh, then as you do, uh, you can choose the stream and uh, you'll find that uh, many, many programs on demand of which Crosstalk is in there. Well, from FoxNews.com, the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security are warning the public of heightened threats to public safety this holiday season and through winter associated with the ongoing Israel-Hamas conflict. The FBI says it's closely monitoring threats to public safety during the holiday season, which may be amplified by the war saying we take all potential threats seriously, we'll work closely with our law enforcement partners to determine their credibility, share information, and take appropriate investigative action, the Bureau says. Uh, In a PSA, the Bureau says these targets are likely to remain attractive to lone actors inspired by a range of ideologies due to their accessibility and symbolic nature. By the way, the FBI says hate crimes have spiked nationwide since the... uh, Hamas' deadly assault on Israel on October the 7th. Many of you have been following in Texas uh, the case of Kate Cox, who asked the Supreme Court to give her permission to abort her unborn baby, a baby that has a condition uh, that was uh, uh, said to be uh, trisomy 18. On Monday, her lawyer said that she would go to another state to end the baby's life. A judge had originally allowed for an abortion to take place. The Supreme Court Uh, put the brakes on that day. That same day, the court said Texas law did not require her to ask permission. Uh, uh, Trisomy 18 is a condition where a baby has an extra copy of chromosome 18, making it highly likely that the baby would die in the womb or shortly after birth, though some babies with trisomy 18 uh, do survive, like Pennsylvania uh, Senator Rick Santorum's daughter. Cox's lawyers have argued that by aborting her baby, she is jeopardizing her health and future fertility. Well, the same day that her lawyers said she would seek an abortion in another state, the Texas Supreme Court said in its opinion that a pregnant woman does not need a court order to have a life-saving abortion in Texas. But uh, that's the big rub in all of this. Uh, It's not done to save the life of the mother. Pro-life activists express strong sympathies for the mother, but stress the importance of valuing the innate dignity of every life. Katie Daniels, state policy director of Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, uh, emphasized to the Daily Signal, it's always a heartbreaking situation to be told your child may not live, have long to live. Compassion and care should have been given to both Kate Cox and her baby, and sadly that, that did not happen. There are two patients involved, and targeting one of them for a brutal abortion will never be the compassionate answer. The Daily Torch is reporting the Biden administration now supporting unilateral ending patients on medications uh, by invoking, medicines that is, by invoking something called March in Rights, which ends patent protections and allows the federal government to steal the intellectual property of drug makers. Justification for this taking is the use of federally funded research in creating the medicines. It's a story on the Daily Torch. Uh, we also have here from MyChristianDaily.com a high school French teacher who was fired for declining to refer to a female student with male pronouns has been vindicated in a Virginia court. This is Peter Flaming, fired from his job in West Point, Virginia, for declining to refer to a female student with male pronouns, even though he consistently accommodated the student's request and used the student's preferred name instead of the student's given name. Well, the historic ruling affirms the broad right of citizens to speak according to conscience and beliefs and a sweeping victory for free speech and religious freedom. The Virginia Supreme Court ruled Thursday that it would reinstate, uh, reinstate a lawsuit 
alleging the West Point School Board violated his rights protected by Virginia law when it fired him for avoiding the use of personal pronouns to refer to one of his students. Newsmax.com tells us the Michigan Court of Appeals said Thursday that it will not stop former President Donald Trump from appearing on the state's 2024 Republican primary ballot, turning aside challenges from critics who argue that his role in the 2021 matter at the U.S. Capitol disqualifies him. Well, this is a shock poll, and uh, this is from the Washington Stand. On Tuesday, Rasmussen reports in the Heartland Institute released the results of a new poll indicating that one in five voters who submitted a mail-in ballot during the 2020 election admit to committing fraudulent activity in violation of federal law, including filling out a ballot for a friend or family member or submitting a ballot for a state they no longer live in. The results are unnerving election integrity experts and casting further doubt on the veracity of the 2020 election results in which numerous irregularities were uncovered. The survey polled 1,085 likely voters, of which 33% were Republican, 36% were Democrat, 31% were other. The report found that 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member, which is illegal in all 50 states. In addition, 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. Other findings reveal that 17% of mail-in voters voted in a state where they are no longer a permanent resident in violation of federal election law. Another 8% of respondents said that they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. The survey also found that 10% of all respondents, not just those who said they voted by mail, claimed that they knew a friend, family member, or co-worker, or other acquaintance who had admitted that he or she cast a mail-in ballot in 2020 in a state other than his or her state of permanent residence. You know, these mass mailings of these uh, these uh, ballots has caused uh, quite a mess in so many states. This is uh, part of the reason why so many question the results of 2020. And when you see a poll like this coming forth, boy, that really raises the question, doesn't it? Especially when you see the percentage points by which various races around the country were won or lost. The Daily Caller reporting a total of 32 Republican senators voted with 33 Democrats to pass Section 702 of the FISA uh, Act that's uh, through the National Defense Authorization on Wednesday. If uh, six of them had opposed this, it uh, never would have happened. Uh, Let's go. Let's see. Yeah, it's happening in China again. Uh, This coming to us from the Epic Times, the Chinese Communist Party has reintroduced some COVID-19 control measures, including new mask and vaccination mandates as an outbreak of what it calls atypical pneumonia continues to wreak havoc across the country. The mandates signal the severity of the epidemic in China. At the same time, the regime continues to avoid admitting that this wave of pneumonia, which has been building for three months now, is likely another wave of COVID-19. China-based experts have been saying that a peak of infection is expected in January. Troubling news coming out of the state of Texas here again. Uh, This uh, coming out from Western Journal, KSAT TV in San Antonio. First revealed a man charged with killing six people in a series of deadly shootings last week was previously bailed out of jail by the Texas Organizing Project. This is a project that advocates for bail reform, had received more than $1.2 million from one of Soros's liberal nonprofits, Fox News reported Thursday. The Open Society Policy Center, the advocacy nonprofit, and the Soros-funded Open Society Foundation Network provided 700000 to the Texas Organizing Project in 2019 for organizational support, the outlet reported. Later in 2021, the Policy Center gave the group 565000 to support policy advocacy and democracy reform and government accountability in Texas, according to its grant database. Well, the suspect behind the shootings, Shane James... Charged in 2022 with aggravated assault against his immediate family members, but was bailed out by this uh, statewide policy coordinator, Lakita Garcia, KSAT reported. He was later arrested and charged in four fatal shootings in Austin. James is also suspect of killing his parents near San Antonio, according to CNN. Top said in a statement Wednesday that it was profoundly saddened and deeply troubled by the recent tragic events of all involving Shane James, saying, quote, we condemn his most recent egregious full stop, his egregious acts, full stop, the group said. Friends, I want you to hear this audio clip. 
Illegal immigration is just off the charts here in this nation. We have never seen it do what it has been doing under the Biden administration. And there was a reporter from News Nation that, uh, uh, Ali Bradley, uh, Bradley, rather, that caught up with the 20-year-old Osama from Morocco. I just want you to hear part of the questions that were being asked of this individual. Here we go. Do you care? No. You don't care that we have to pay for all of this? Look, look, look. uh, Like Americans are paying for all of this. Do you guys, you know that? Like this, you know money doesn't come off of nowhere. Look, if I pay $7,000 for America, it's... So because you paid $7,000, then it's okay if we pay something. I don't something. care. I don't okay. care if this is for America. I don't care. So you're, you're, because you paid $7,000, yeah. it's okay that Americans it's have to pay okay. some money too. Yeah, because America is uh, my dream. If America doesn't want me, I'm here for America. <laughs> yeah. Because I respect America, I respect American rules, everything. Okay. Yeah. But, but first, you broke the rules coming in though. Right? No, like this I, isn't this is this isn't legal. If it were, then you wouldn't be sitting out here, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know that. But you guys yeah, know that. Yeah. So you're saying you respect our rules, but you didn't follow the rules yeah, to no, get in. No, no. I look. Uh, I mean, you I know. Have, I, yeah, I know. I have no idea how to get visa to travel to America. This but was your option in your. It's first. You. It's first mistake. It's first mistake. Me. First mistake. Yeah. All right. No but more mistakes. First and last mistake. <laughs> first and last. First, first and last. Okay. Yeah. Mexico City to uh, Sonaita, and we are here. So why didn't you do it legally? Why didn't you do the CBP one, the app, <clears throat> or go to a port? Uh, actually, I don't have any idea. You don't know? Yeah, you just said I'm gonna do this. Uh, actually, I do this. Just that's it. Yeah. Did you know there's a legal, a more legal way to do this? No, no. No? No. First, I'm gonna to New York City to my friend to help me for something, and I will buy a new bicycle, and I will, um, I will work Uber. Is there anything else you want to tell me, Yos? Uh, uh, actually, nothing. Just uh, thank you and thank you, Joe Biden, for everything. We love you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden, for everything. Well, the White House was grilled by a CBS reporter. Here's part of it. Did put forth, and you laid that out in your question, uh, a comprehensive immigration reform plan. He did that on day one, and it is going on three years. On three years. On three years. And we have regular conversations with congressional leaders and congressional staff about an array of issues, including this. I mean, this is you cannot send a bigger message to Congress and the American people when you say your first when you put out your first piece of legislation is on this issue is on reforming immigration. When right. Is on fixing flat when you spend very little public time as president talking about the issue, meeting with congressional leaders on the issue specifically, or doing anything else other than having I you dis- come out here and say, we issued a bill on day I one. I disagree. It's not just issue of a bill. Like, not too long ago, back in the spring, we put forth policies on trying to make sure that, because, because Congress didn't help, on trying to put forth policies that try to make the immigration system humane, right? Humane and actually dealing with the issue that we're seeing at the border. We have taken policy actions after policy actions without without the help from Congress. Without, right? And so that is that is being consistent here. And when you put forth the first piece of, 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 uh, of legislation to be on this issue that has been broken for decades, I mean, that's what he did as president. That's taking it very, very seriously. Oh, my. And yet we have never seen the invasion of such porous borders under any administration in the history of the United States of America. Look at the numbers, folks. We're up against a break. Let's open our phone lines if you'd like to comment on any of these news stories today or other current events. 800-733-9829. We'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Right after the Obamas, Michelle and Barack Obama, produced a movie about a cyber attack on America. Guess what happened? The Washington Post reports 
that China is attacking on the critical infrastructure of America. The timing is indeed interesting. But reality is, apparently the globalists like to tell us in advance what it is they're going to do. I believe this is for a few reasons. One is to show their power to people, to rub it in our face, if you will. But I think there's even a more sinister one, and that is the power that they think comes from telling things in advance, the power of the mind, the mind over matter, shamanism, occultism, the power of the mind to create. They think themselves God, and now they want to have a harmonic convergence that uses these negative thoughts, they think, to bring down America. It's pure occultism. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America News Roundup Friday. And uh, friends, we like giving you an opportunity if you'd like to address, uh, give your opinion on any of these stories today or address a current events issue. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Have a couple of lines open right now, 800-733-9829. We're just dealing with this uh, immigration issue. And friends, a story that came out from the Daily Caller indicates that the U.S. Coast Guard announced it seized over nine tons of cocaine across six separate interdictions by one regional branch district in a two-week span in November. In total, the estimated street value of the cocaine is some $239 million, and the collective loot came out to 18,219 pounds of cocaine, according to a press release by the United States Coast Guard. These half-dozen seizures reportedly took place between November 7th and November 24th. Our number to crosstalk, 800-733-9829. We begin with Carl in Lake Delton, Wisconsin. You're on the air. Yeah, if we don't get rid of the Dominion computers, our elections aren't going to change at all. And uh, this immigration thing is just going to keep getting worse and worse. Uh, I, I hope when uh, Trump uh, defends himself for uh, election fraud in in Georgia that they would introduce absolute proof by uh, by the pillow man. Okay. Thank you, Carl. And you know, it, it's not just the computer issue. I mean, these the, look what's happening with the those who are admitting by mail in ballots, mail in fraud. You know that we signed the name, we filled out a ballot for somebody else, we signed somebody else's name to it, with or without their permission. And friends, some of those, and COVID was used as a guise for all of this. We need to do this because of COVID and, and safety, you know, for all Americans. Well, friends, it was used as a guise, as a ruse to, to uh, call people permanently disabled in order to get a ballot to them, mail-in ballots permanently for as long as elections go forward. And, and we see by those uh, that uh, were part of this recent survey, those large numbers admitted to mail-in fraud. Let's go to Brad next in West Alice. Brad, you're on the air. Hey, Brother Jim. Um, regarding that spokeswoman for Biden, uh, she, she's a laugh riot. and She, she gets up there and says uh, that the economy is doing good, yeah. the inflation is down, and uh, that Biden inherited a mess from the Trump administration. It, it, is she nuts? I mean, it's unbelievable. I Sadly, there are people who believe it because there are a lot of people out there not paying attention. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is Biden needs to shut his pie hole regarding Israel's military and what they need to do and how they conduct this war. They were the ones who were attacked, and they need to clean up and put an end to these terrorist groups, and they need to stop being so darn polite about it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Brad. I know that there is uh, the, the the matter is just maddening at times, and and you wonder what is their real goal? <laughs> is, is it following the constitutional principles of this nation, or is it subverting it? Yeah. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Our number to crosstalk eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. By the way, in the state of Wisconsin as well, the Supreme Court denied a petition to hear a lawsuit, among other things, aimed to eliminate the school choice voucher and the charter programs in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Institute uh, for Reforming Government put out a press release applauding the parents, students, schools, and nonprofits that spoke up in the months before the. The uh, news came forth here from the court. So that uh, coming down, the Wisconsin Supreme Court denying uh, that lawsuit from taking place 
uh, here in the state to uh, do away with school choice. Let's go next to uh, Doug in Ringgold, Georgia. Doug, you're on the air. Yeah, right before the election, I received envelope had three ballots in them. Said I was not registered. What they wanted me to do to mark my name on it and put it on the party I didn't want to. I called down to the county, throw it away. It's nothing but a scam. Hmm. That's that's. Yeah. There was a lot of that done. Yeah, yeah. A lot of scamming was done, and it's going to happen again. Uh, in this uh, the forthcoming election, we're we're just uh, weeks away from the first caucus uh, in the state of Iowa, and uh, it's it's really such. And and I know that there are many who are uh, that are calling for individuals to be poll workers and also to be poll watch observers as well uh, to stop some of the shenanigans from taking place. Yeah, well, I I, I believe the voting machines will be messed, and Biden might get it. I'm not for him, but I just wonder if that's not going to happen. Okay. Thank you, Doug, for sharing with us here today. We've got Larry in Cookville, Tennessee. You're on the air. Yes, I, I'm still thinking about the uh, how well the propaganda is working, blaming Israel for being attacked. There's a, a friend of mine who's a Christian, and he, he was quoting back just a quote, because if Israel does wrong, they... They, they're doing wrong now. And, and what he was going by, of course, was the national news. Yeah. And it, it stunned me. But, but you, you, you talking the other day, I was about how propaganda is working. It, it's working too well. But, but we, thank God for you folks that's getting the truth out. That's all I have to say about it. Correct. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call here today. Yeah, there's, and we brought on several guests uh, talking uh, firsthand, uh, uh, even from this. Uh, uh, the the war against Israel by Hamas and certainly the animosity against Israel uh, that uh, we're seeing and uh, certainly the uh, anti-Semitism that has just been rampant across the nation. Our final call today from Austin, Wisconsin. Mason, you're on the air. Hi. I have a, a complaint concern, and it seems to be not all people do it, but many congressmen, senators, judges, talk show hosts on the radio. We continue to call the United States a democracy. The United States has not a democracy. Matter of fact, our founding fathers worked hard and feverishly to keep us from having a democracy because in the past all democracies ended up being a, you know, a king or some evil ruler. Right. We are. um, Hello, Mason. We're losing you. Tracks when they Uh, call us a democracy. Okay. Folks, that has okay. Mason's phone cutting out from us here, but we are a constitutional republic, right, Mason? Yes. Yeah. We need to stop calling ourselves a democracy. Thank you. Appreciate the call here. And with Mason's call, we need to finish the program here today on Crosstalk. We're so grateful for all of you tuning in and staying informed on critical issues. More guests and topics coming up this next week. And uh, we trust you'll tell somebody else about uh, Crosstalk. Have them tune in as well. And if you miss a program, you can go back uh, to our app, a VCY America app, and look us up in the App Store and, and click on the On Demand there or CrosstalkAmerica.com. Well, friends, the Lord's Day is coming, and I trust you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church this Sunday. Make sure you're there. Pray for your pastor. Support him. And God bless you, folks. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.